You are listening to Big Things Done Podcast, turning ideas into action. Welcome everyone to episode number 17 of the Big Things Done Podcast. My name is Andrew Glover. I am your host and today we have an awesome episode for you It is our second Big Things Done podcast interview. I am extremely excited. It's been a long time coming. I recorded this episode about a month ago, had some additional content, a few episodes that I wanted to roll out just to kind of stay in the theme of what we were talking about. And this interview is perfect as an episode to follow our latest two-part series on turning ideas into action Because the interview that is about to follow documents exactly how a lady by the name of Allison Galvan took her idea, her passion for fitness, and turned that idea into action by starting her own boutique fitness gym. It is going to be an awesome interview. I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it. I did personally, so I'm super excited to share that with you. Before we do that, though, one quick announcement. I made a brief announcement back in episode 16 that I am releasing my first leadership course, and I'm happy to say that that course is now live and is available for anyone to take. The course is titled Mastering Your First Leadership Position and Beyond. This course is going to teach you exactly what you need to do and what you need to focus on to be a successful leader from the moment you step into your first leadership position. I start by defining the basic idea of what a leader is. What are the basic responsibilities of a leader? A lot of the things we actually talk about on this podcast But then I take that definition and those responsibilities and I actually show you what it is you need to do week by week in your leadership position. What do you need to focus on? What questions do you need to ask? What should you be paying attention to? And as you step through the course week by week, not only will you increase your confidence of what you're doing because you know exactly what you need to focus on and why it's important, but you're also going to be building credibility with your team members. And ultimately, this course is going to help you be a leader who actually does something, not just fumbles their way through their first leadership experience, not knowing what's going on. If you're serious about being a leader who wants to actually do something and make a difference and make an impact, this course will set you on that path and is excellent for people, especially who are new to leadership. Maybe you're a new manager or are just starting a brand new position and you've never really led before. You've never had that responsibility. This course is going to teach you everything you need to know to be successful. Uh, So I just sent out an email a couple days ago for all of my Big Things Done podcast subscribers. You can take the course for free for a limited time if you are a Big Things Done subscriber. If you're not a subscriber yet, that opportunity is still there. Go to the website, bigthingsdonepodcast.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage. You can sign up for my email subscription there and get that discount code for at least another week or so just to say thank you to my subscribers. The course, as I mentioned, is perfect for you if you are a brand new leader, if you are serious about being a leader who makes a difference and being a leader who people actually want to follow. This course will teach you how to do that. 
In addition, if you are in a company or if you are in a school and you are trying to teach and train up younger folks or new people to leadership, there's an opportunity for bulk discounts, also speaking and, and personalized coaching for your organization or your school. Just send me an email. I'd be happy to get in touch with you and get you those resources as well. So mastering your first leadership position and beyond, my first leadership course is available now. Uh, you can go to the website, bigthingsdonepodcast.com. Right on the homepage, there's a little button on the right that says take a class that'll take you right to it. Make sure to check it out. I spent a lot of time making the course and building the content in a way that will be helpful for you as a leader, no matter where you are, but especially if you're just starting out. I want to help you be the best leader you can be, and this course is going to be great for you. All right, enough with the announcements. Let's get to the real reason why you're listening to the podcast, because you want to hear about how somebody turned an idea into action. I had the privilege of interviewing Allison Galvan from San Antonio, Texas, who owns and operates her fitness gym called Energy X Fitness. It's a boutique style fitness gym. We actually describe it a little bit more in the interview, so I will leave it to Allison to explain it because she can do it better than I can. The interview is exciting from a couple different aspects, partly because uh, Allison talks about how she found her passion, how she was able to find what she's interested in and, and what she's passionate about and how she could turn that into something big, into what ended up being her own business. And we talk about that a lot, especially the last few episodes about turning your ideas into action, how to do that. Allison did that, and I think it's an awesome story to share with you. Uh, if you're interested in starting your own business, Allison talks a lot about how to start your own business and a lot of the struggles she went through and some of the lessons that she learned. I think you're also going to find a lot of great personal takeaways as well about just how to live your life. And if you want to be somebody who accomplishes something, no matter what that is, just a, a couple different perspectives and mentalities that she has learned through her life that I think were absolutely amazing and I've actually been applying in my life as well. You're going to find this interview to be motivational, inspirational, as well as instructional. So I look forward to sharing it with you. And before we dive into the interview, I do just want to say upfront a very personal thank you to Allison because Allison was extremely gracious during the interview process. We recorded this episode while we were in different states. So Allison was in San Antonio. I was here in St. Paul, Minnesota. And about 30 to 35 minutes into the interview, my microphone went out and the recording software completely died. And so we lost like the first 30 to 35 minutes of our interview. And I was embarrassed and I did not know what Allison was going to say. And I thought, you know, the interview was a complete bust, but Allison was so gracious. And she said, all right, let's just start over from the beginning. And we ended up re-recording pretty much the entire interview. So first off from me to you, Allison, thank you so much for your kindness and your willingness to do this interview and putting up with the technical difficulties that we encountered. I really appreciate it. And I share that story also because I just want you to get to know who Allison is and how awesome of a person she is to be gracious to somebody like me who had some technical difficulties and said, hey, you know what? Let's roll with it. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing this thing that you're passionate about. That's the kind of people that I want to surround my life with. And I hope that's somebody that you want to have in your life as well. Uh, and I'll share with you some opportunities to connect with Allison after the interview. So without any further ado, let's dive into the interview. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. All right, everyone, welcome to the second interview of the Big Things Done podcast. I have the pleasure of sitting across the country via the internet uh, from none other than Allison Galvin, who is going to walk us through her awesome story of starting her own fitness gym and what it took to 
take an idea and turn it into action, something that she was passionate about and then uh, eventually started her own business around that. Now, this isn't an entrepreneurial podcast per se, but we definitely do touch on a lot of those aspects. And I think uh, Allison's going to have some great perspective here about the challenges to starting your own business, uh, as well as just how to take something that you're passionate about and actually turn it into something that you can go full out on. And if I had to describe Allison in just a phrase, that's what I would describe her as, somebody who can take something and just go full out on. So um, without any further ado, Allison Galvin, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Awesome. Uh, So Allison, give us a brief intro into who you are, and then let's talk about how did you get into just the fitness world and the fitness space in general? So, um, I'm Allison. (laughs) No, like you said, my name's Allison. Um, and I, that is who I am is I'm a fitness person. Like I wouldn't know how to describe myself any other way. Um, passionate about fitness and I got into fitness, you know, from the get go. I was always in sports. I loved, um, to be active, to move, played every sport my parents would let me. Uh, and then had great role models. My mom would go to the gym and I would come with her because I thought it was fun. I, there was never any sense of being forced or, you know, having body issues, anything like that. I just had really great role models to say that movement's important, movement is healthy, and movement's fun. Um, so I got started from a young age there, but it wasn't until I kind of left the nest before I realized that not only was movement super important to me, but it was something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. So always big into movement and you took that, that desire, that kind of background and tell me where you went with it to kind of start your own gym. How did that, uh, how did that play out? Yeah. So I, um, like I said, I, didn't always think that I was going to do this. And I never went into life saying, I'm going to open up a business one day. Um, It was more, uh, well, I originally thought I was going to be a psychologist. I went to school for psychology for my first um, year or so in college. And after about a year, I said, what am I doing? This is not what I want to do with my life. And so I figured out what it was I wanted to do with my life. And I realized it was, it was exercise. It was movement. I loved, um, the endorphin high of exercise. I loved helping people. Um, and so that's kind of where it it took off. I changed my major. I transferred to, uh, Texas A&M and continued school in the kinesiology world. And along the way, um, I decided, or I had to take a class that wanted me to take group exercise classes. Uh, And that was kind of my spark into the group X world. I already knew I loved exercise. I did internships in sports uh, before A&M. But taking those group exercise classes, something about it was just like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And so I very humbly said, I love this, but I can do it better. And so that day I signed up for group fitness instructor training and kind of just went from there with it, you know, kept going in fitness. Um, I had no idea what I could do to make a living in fitness. Like my one track mind was I can teach fitness classes and I can personal train for the rest of my life. And you quickly realize that that's not sustainable. Um, Yeah, sure. so, (laughs) So I, um, I had to figure it out. And so after I graduated at Texas A&M, 
I was offered an internship, or excuse me, a graduate assistantship at Texas State University at their rec center. So I was able to continue my education and I got my uh, master's degree in exercise science and uh, kind of continued into the campus rec world, working with a lot of young students, um, younger population, but I knew that I really loved it. And so I continued through that and uh, made my way to San Antonio where I worked as the uh, fitness director for the University of Texas San Antonio's campus recreation and kind of oversaw the program there. So my fitness has evolved. Yeah, definitely. Well, wow, that's incredible. So as you mentioned, something I thought was interesting, you know, you said you didn't want to go be a personal trainer for the rest of your life. Um, maybe maybe some financial uh, reasons there, which is totally understandable. But what started the process of, hey, you know what, I can do something better. And in fact, the way I do that is by starting my own gym. How did that start happening? So fitness is great. Um, like I said, it's not necessarily sustainable forever, and there's a lot of different avenues you can take in fitness. And so, like I said, I just happened to have the opportunity to work at uh, UTSA's rec center as um, the fitness director there. And I want to start off first by saying that that without that job, I could have never owned a business because at that job, interesting, yeah, at that job, my roles were so large. You know, from teaching new instructors how to teach classes um, to managing the budget. It was, you know, my my personal budget for the fitness department was over $25,000 um, and just payroll alone was over $100,000 for the year. So, wow. yeah, had to work with a lot of money, um, had to do all the purchasing, all of the, you know, back inside on that and just you're basically running a small little business with inside of a large institution. Um, so what a great opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, without it, I could not have, um, opened up this, this studio, but on the flip side of that, um, you're very kind of underappreciated, undervalued when it comes to fitness. I, tell people all the time, you don't get into fitness for the money. You know, you're never going to make a million dollars. Let me take that back. I hope to make a million dollars. You can, you can make money with fitness, but you can't teach classes day in and day out, personal training day in, day out. And, and think that you are going to be a millionaire because it wears on your body. It's very, um, if it's not, physically wearing on your body it's very mentally and emotionally wearing on your body because you're you're on you're working with people um providing them motivation protein, planning their workout I mean I told you before I went to school for psychology it very possibly was because I'm a psychologist whenever I'm doing one-on-one training you know they let their stories out um yeah. which is great which is which is great but You've got to find some way to sustain your own self, your your physical self and your mental self. And so you're like I said, you're undervalued. So being in campus rec provided me a way to not have to teach all the time, but I could run kind of a business, if you will, with inside that institution. However, they didn't necessarily value that. They required you to have a master's degree to work in their institution. However, they didn't necessarily pay you what you were worth and what your education was worth. Interesting. And on on top of your education as a fitness professional, you should, or your trainer or 
exercise instructor should have nationally recognized certifications and qualifications on all the different pieces of equipment they're using. Um, so that too racks up money. You know, I, I've spent thousands of dollars on all the different certifications and education I've gone to outside of my collegiate education. So long story short, um, you know, being being underpaid, it's not the factor that I ever left my job for, um, but it was a nice little kick in the butt to say, you can, you can go do something different. Um, but what I was really inspired by was all the different boutique fitness that was popping up, not only in San Antonio, but around the country. And I felt as though I had a bigger calling to help the San Antonio community find a void that they needed to excel in staying healthy and staying active. So long story short, being a little bit undervalued, a little bit underpaid, and then being inspired by what was going on around me really motivated me to to get off my butt and go do something bigger and better than just, you know, what I was doing. Wow. I mean, that is <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, just as an aside, like I view that almost as more of the definition of the American dream in the sense of you found something and you just went after it and you said, I can do this better. And you, you know, you, you were determined not to let your circumstance that you were currently in, that you were obviously doing a really good job at say, you know, you didn't let that be kind of your limit. You said, I can do even more. Uh, that is, wow. That's just really inspires me actually right now. Like I want to go do all these big things right now just because of that. Yeah, you should go do it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you are, you are doing them. Um, so let's talk real quick. I didn't mention in the intro about your gym and and what you have created and then maybe we'll come back to kind of how maybe some of the nuts and bolts of getting that started but describe to me energy x your gym and kind of what your dream what that evolved into here so energy x is a high intensity minimal impact studio so what we're saying is you are still going to get a kick-ass workout you're still going to get your heart rate up you're still going to work very high intensity but you're going to be very light on impact. So being nice to the joints, the knees, the back. Um, you're not gonna find us doing a lot of jumping in here. We do, we have clients who are just fine with impact, but we can do anything that needs to be done with minimal impact to get the same benefits as you would high impact stuff. Um, we get that done with pieces of equipment that we are very passionate about. So we utilize the Group X water rowers. Um, they're not in the water, but they have water. Uh, so your resistance is against water. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then we have the TRX suspension trainers, which are all designed around your body weight. So, you know, you create a certain vector or angle and to make the exercise easier or harder. And then kettlebells and BOSU balance trainers are other two pieces of equipment. So we found pieces of equipment that we're passionate about that we ourselves use in our own exercise and um, put them all together. And I think the rower was really that secret sauce of it all. We had to figure out, you know, we know the kettlebell is great. We knew the TRX was great. We know the BOSU is great. But they're, they're all small pieces on themselves. What's that big piece that we're missing? And we loved the rower. We said, yeah, that's what, what's missing. Even in Texas, there weren't very many. And so we said, that's it. That's our secret sauce. Okay. So I see a couple of things there. I mean, you were taking what you love, things that you were already doing, products that you believed in, workouts that you are using and are enjoying. And you said, let's provide this to people as a value. 
I, I really like what you talked about with focusing on on the water rower because uh, you know you hear all the time in the entrepreneurial space about niching down and trying to find a, a niche and serving sp- uh, people in a very specific way. Uh, it sounds like that was a really big breakthrough for you guys. Is that a fair statement with the water rower? Yeah, I think so. You you definitely have to identify yourself as something and. Um, you know, I do have my RYT 200, which is a registered yoga teacher um, certification. And so I have extensive training in yoga. And I was like, yeah, I want yoga in this concept. But about, you know, three to four months in to the opening the business, I realized yoga is great, but there's yoga everywhere. I've got to identify myself. And we still were calling ourselves a, a rowing studio but I had to really pull back on the yoga and say, I know I love yoga, but what's going to make my business successful? And making sure that the rower was the star, that's what got people through the door. It also kept people away. Don't get me wrong. It's a scary new thing that people don't know how to use. Um, but I had to own it. And I had to say, this is the next best thing. Trust me. Believe in me because I believe in it. Come through my doors. And so, yeah, I had to really use that rower as our selling piece and it's worked. It definitely is our selling piece. I didn't, I didn't realize that you guys put so much emphasis on that being kind of your flagship, but wow, that's really cool. So you took obviously your ideas and things that you were passionate about, built it into this. I mean, Jim is probably an understatement experience almost is, is a better, uh, maybe a better way to describe it from, from what I understand of it and my friends who've, who've been there, but it probably, wasn't as great as it is now uh, as far as you starting the business. Walk me through how the first day that you're like, I am going to start this business. What did, what did that journey look like from, from the conception of the idea to opening the doors on the first day? So like I think I told you, I never was someone who said, I'm going to own a business in the future. Um, I, I guess I'm very ambitious. I'm definitely a leader. I have all those qualities to be someone that would do it. And obviously here I am, but that was never my original intention. I was just so inspired and so motivated by what I was seeing around me in the fitness world that I, I did jump on that bandwagon of entrepreneurship. Um, so it was, you know, a week in January, 2015, um, my husband was out of town and I said, I'm going to open this studio. And so I told him that on the phone, I called my mom to get her ID, her opinion, they both were like, cool, yeah, do it. Um, not not writing me off or anything, but just not realizing how serious I was. And so within a week, I'd written a business plan. The next week, I had a meeting with the realtor. And wow. yeah, and every step that I took to kind of make my idea a reality, I think made my, my mom and my husband both say, oh my God, she's serious oh my God, she's serious. (laughs) And I think for them, they knew that they were going to be a big part of it as well. And so by me saying, I'm opening up a business, both of them were like, oh no, that means we're opening a business. You know, I have that, I have that support system. Um, Yeah. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. So what's really interesting to me is just the pace at which you were passionate about all of a sudden starting this business and like within one week, boom, you've got your business plan. And within another week, you're talking to the realtor. How important was it for you from a momentum standpoint, just to say, I don't really know exactly what I need to go do, but I'm just going to start doing things. Very important. Um, I think in anything in life, 
if you don't let the momentum take you, the, mo- the momentum will stop and you will stop. And I see oh, that I now. That. Yeah, I see that now in my current self. There's there's times that I have this really great idea, but I'm just so tired. So it's just not going to happen, you know? <laughs> so the second I called that realtor, I involved somebody else, somebody else I didn't know. And I don't want to waste their time. And I'm now starting to make a reputation for myself in an, on a different level. And so it was, all right, now we've met with a realtor. Now I've got to move to that next step, which was securing the investment, securing the money to do this. When the money was put into my hands, I said, all right, I am now responsible not only for my money, but someone else's money. This thing's got to happen and it's got to be successful. And so that that momentum is key. I And you can't also allow for other people to kill your momentum because I don't know. I don't know what the right um, thing about it is, but when other people get involved, it's like they want to steal your thunder because they want to do it or um, they want to caution you because they actually really care about you, but they're worried you're going to fail. And so I actually kept it really under wraps from a lot of people for a long time because those were the two types of people in my life um, besides, you know, obviously my family and and my husband, but those people who, it's not that they don't want success for you, it's that they would never do it for themselves. And so they kind of are your motivation blocker, if you will. So um, yes, long answer short, the momentum is key. Like you've got to ride on your ideas. That's just so interesting to me because from from personal experience, it just seems that, you know, I might tell my wife, uh, who's always very supportive of everything I do, maybe to a fault, but I'll say I've got a great idea or I see somebody who says, you know, I want to start this business or want to do this. And what I've found is that a lot of people, sometimes they realize that they're the one who's most excited about this. And when other people don't match that level of excitement, they think that something's wrong. Like I've felt that way too. Like maybe my idea isn't the greatest because, you know, my mom isn't that excited about it or my friend doesn't seem to jump on board with it. And I just love what you were talking about is just ride that momentum and and use that momentum to start doing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's not to say that every like awesome idea that you have should be taken to execution. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, um, that's definitely not, not what I'm trying to get at either, but I think Hopefully, we all know ourselves well enough to know when we've got it. We're sitting on a gold mine. We're sitting on something really, really great. I've had a lot of ideas in the past, and I've had a lot of motivation to do them. But as you get the ball rolling, things just don't feel right. It's not even other people anymore. It's just that, like, it just doesn't feel right. And so I've stopped. And that, I think, is totally different than when you have a great idea, you're loving it, you're rolling, it's going, everything about it is great until someone comes to like pop your bubble. That's, I think that's something different. So it's definitely yeah. understanding um, when when the idea is right and when to run with it. So yeah, like, like I said before, the motivation, the momentum I should say, um, I had to keep on it. I had to ride that. Yeah, no, that's a great distinction. I appreciate just just saying that. That's uh, that's a great point. So, um, anyway, I apologize for interrupting you. You were on a roll talking about getting started with your business, and you've already got your business plan. You're meeting with a realtor. A little bit of pressure starting to build. Kind of walk us through maybe the rest of that that journey there. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a journey because um, 
I say all the time I should have gone to business school because <laughs> I don't have a lick of clue of what I'm doing. That's just being honest. Um, I went to the school of Google to learn everything that I needed to know. Love Google. Love Google. And figured out that I needed to create my LLC. And so because I didn't have a lot of money to work with, I just went to LegalZoom and figured it out from there. And that's been fine. I mean, it's been good. There's been, I have no complaints from starting on LegalZoom, but if you ask someone who does have a big business background, they would maybe cringe at the fact that I said that. Um, (laughs) But it's been fine. From there, you had, I had to, um, not obviously I had to lease this place. I had to go through the whole negotiation of leasing this place. How long is the lease term good for? Um, all that stuff. And again, that's a bunch of legal jargon that I just didn't know. And I did have some lawyer friends that I threw my, you know, 500 page lease. It wasn't that long, but it felt that long. Um, but I, I, sent my lease over to them and I said, please look at this. Can you make sure that I'm not signing a bad deal? And they all gave me their opinions, but they all said was, we're not real estate lawyers, but you might want to get one of those. Um, and it wasn't necessarily worth the money, but at the same time, I'm glad I did. Um, because what I found out is a lot of times leases are very similar regardless of who you are or what you're renting. Like you just can't really get out of some of the stipulations because they're always going to try to save their behinds, not yours. Um, anyways, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> so yeah, and so once that lease was signed, you got to get moving. You got to get the the space built out. So I found a contractor. Um, I look back on those days a lot and think, how could I have done it differently? How could I save money? How could I have worked differently with this contractor? Um, he he was fine. He got the job done. But there's a lot of moments where I just think, gosh, you were so young. You were so naive. Um, but I have to remember that I'd never done it before. I didn't know any better. And so you have to put a lot of trust into people. I think as someone who is a leader or an entrepreneur in this in this um, story, but someone who's a leader, we so often forget to fall back or we forget to ask for help or we forget, um, we forget that it's not just you in this game. So I... I had to ask for help. I had to trust that contractor. I had to trust my realtor to tell me that the the lease was fine. And looking back on it, maybe I trusted too much, but I didn't know any better. And so anyways, from there, either way I opened. Either way I opened and I opened um, fairly on time. And once the doors open, it's just a whole nother ball game of figuring out what you're going to do from there. How, now that you've spent all the money to open it, how are you going to make the money to keep it open and keep food on your table? Um, which is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now that, I mean, when you, when you've opened and you know, you're, you're running, you've got some classes going, you're getting some clients. Talk to me about, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, which I love when you we're talking about leadership and, and some of the traits there. How did you deal with, as you're getting started, you're kind of going down a path and you realize, eh, you know, this might not be working out really well. I might need to change. Um, what was your approach there? Did you have things that you needed to change or was it perfect from the beginning? I like to think I'm perfect all the time, but I know that I'm not. <laughs> so, 
No, I mean, I'm I, like I said, I'm a, I am a very humble person. I realized from the get-go that we had to figure out what was working and what wasn't. Um, and so before we ever opened, we had to create what we were going to then replicate inside the studio. So that was our class formats. And we have about eight class formats right now. Um, six of those eight I've created myself or with my husband. And we're testing them out in our in our home or in like a random YMCA that we can get into. And that's just not the same atmosphere as what we were gonna have here. So once the studio opens and we're getting clients through the door and we're taking them through this format that we put together, all of a sudden we're like, that just didn't feel like we thought it was gonna feel. Or that person who walked through the door is not who we thought was gonna be in our classes. Um, so we had to adjust, you know, we had to we had to adjust our format, we had to tweak it, and I couldn't give you an exact amount of time, but you know, a few months in, we're like, yeah, okay, we figured out how that class format needs to run. And we, I should back up, we started, I think, with just four class formats, and we've okay. evolved to about eight now, um, which wow. is, yeah, which has been great because just like a big box gym, they've got a weight room, they've got group exercise, they've got um, personal trainers, they have so many aspects that you can go to that one gym, pay the monthly fee, and you don't have to go anywhere else. In the boutique world, in the boutique fitness world, um, it's, personally, I think it's very hard to go to a cycle studio and think that it's realistic to cycle every single day. Or go to yoga and think it's realistic to go to yoga every single day. People do it, and I'm not knocking it. I think that if that's their niche, they found it. But what we wanted is for people to be able to come every single day, but get something different every single day so that they still could have just our membership and be just fine. Um, So anyways, class formats were kind of the first thing that we right away were like, ooh, this isn't right. We've got to change it up. Um, Our website was probably the second thing. We knew that it was our website was just getting us by. It was, you know giving people information. It was allowing people to sign up for classes. uh, And that was our two main goals. Um, Our whole marketing tactic we've had to change. Everyone in any business always says, what's your demographic? Who is your demographic? And there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. There really isn't. Interesting. Because when you open the door, you don't have clients. You hope you know who your client is going to be, so you market to who you hope your client will be, but I can tell you who we hoped our client would be is not necessarily who we got in the door. And so when we figured it out, we kind of had to change our marketing. Yeah. So marketing has completely changed. Um, We've reverted back, and, and even still now, our demographic Man, it is a wide range because we have a different demographic at 5.45 a.m. than we do at 12 in the afternoon than we do at 5.30 p.m. Everyone works out, right? You know, everyone works out. So we really are marketing to everybody. It's just more who, what type of everybody are you marketing marketing to? Um, But anyways, so going back to kind of things we had to change, we've kind of had to change everything in any good business or in any good 
uh, endeavor that you go on, you should be constantly evaluating what is going on, what is working, what isn't working, and then how do we change what's not working and how do we accelerate what is working? And that can be hard. That can be a hard lesson to learn too. Yeah, really cool story just on on stuff you need to change. And, and I love that. Always be adapting, always be trying to find the right, the next thing that you can improve or do better. Boy, a lot of questions we could go off on this. I want to ask, I've actually been saving this one to ask you, can you describe for me the first time that you kind of had a realization that all of the work and stress and headaches that you have had to endure for the past, however many months or weeks or years, it was all worth it. What was that moment for you uh, in this journey, starting your own gym? Oh gosh, that's a really tough one. You just like asked me like, what is my best moment in life? <laughs> uh, gosh. I'm known for the tough questions. Okay. That was a tough one. Um, okay. So my answer is probably going to be a very long drawn out answer because this business has been a constant back and forth because I could answer that and say our grand opening was that day because our grand opening, we had packed classes. However, three months later, we still weren't breaking even. I still was in the red and I did not feel successful. I, I still was wondering why I'd opened this business. Um, this is getting to the truth of opening up a business before I get to the, oh, thank God I opened a business. The first six to maybe nine months for me was very hard. It was hard on a month to month basis to figure out how to get new people in the door and for them to spend money and to hopefully break even, um, to pay, to pay your bills here, not even your bills back home at life. Um, yeah, you gotta eat. Um, I also opened over the winter and winter is obviously just a depressing time to begin with. <laughs> uh, there weren't, yeah, there weren't a ton of people coming through or as many door people coming through the doors as I'd hoped. So I, I, I was just a little depressed to be honest. I, it was one of those things where I was like, why did I open this business? I'm not making the money that I thought I would. I'm not sure how to change it. I was just so exhausted. Um, I was in that infancy of where I think a lot of businesses fail, to be honest. And I was waiting for my aha moment. I was waiting for that moment of like, ah, oh, yes, yes, this is why I did it. And so definitely had this aha moment of like, I have made it, is when for three consecutive months, I broke even and I paid myself more than I was making at my old job. That's when I was like, yes, this is my moment. I'm so happy I did this. And I know it it's it shouldn't be about the money. Don't get me wrong, it's not about the money. But if you can't pay your bills, then business is hard because you can't enjoy your clients. You can't enjoy helping people. You can't enjoy marketing and spending money to market if you don't have the money to do it. Um, so yeah, that's a great perspective. Yeah, and and I can't honestly, I, I could if I looked at the books, but I can't honestly tell you how far into it it was. I want to say um, it was about month 14 or so when that was the case. Wow. And, okay. and you know what? I say wow too, like how did you make it that long? But when I tell that to other entrepreneurs or other people who've 
uh, know business really well. They're like, wow, that quick. Apparently, <laughs> other people suffer for longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyways, that was kind of when I had a moment of like, oh, yeah, I, thank God. Thank God I did this. I'm so happy. Um, but I still have, I shouldn't say I still do. Now, this, this, is coming up onto our third year. I don't think any time in the last 12 months have I had any moments of like, why did I do this? But even after that one aha moment, there were some times where the months weren't as good and it was just hard. My my motivation had stopped and ideas were, weren't coming in anymore and we were kind of standing stagnant and it was like, a, oh crap, is this where it stops? Like, where am I? Am I going to get my mojo back to get ideas? And yeah. um, and I did. I think it's just like anybody and anything. You are going to have some stale moments. So um, yeah, yeah, seasons of life. Absolutely. So that was another one of my long drawn out answers to your really hard question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, to be very fair is a tough question. Yeah. No. Thank you for taking the time to answer that one. I want to start maybe kind of taking an an approach to the landing strip here. One of the things that I know a little bit about you, I think if I remember correctly, you spend a little bit of time kind of in the entrepreneurial space in San Antonio. Is that kind of correct? Yes. And I mean, it depends on what sense you're talking. I mean, obviously the entrepreneurial space with my studio. Absolutely. Yeah. How about with uh, other business owners? Do you get a lot of interaction with them or like different, I don't know, chamber of commerce or, or something similar like that? Yes. To answer your question, yes. Um, And that is one of the hardest things at owning your business or owning a business is when you work for an institution or a corporation, they provide you an above. So there's someone above you as a manager or uh, a higher up that can kind of tell you what to do or will provide you with professional development or provide you with avenues of growth. As a business owner, you are that person. And Uh, you have to seek out your opportunities of growth. And so within the entrepreneurial community here, um, I did, I was in the the chamber for a little while, the Alamo Heights um, Chamber of Commerce, but I have since not done much with them anymore because it just was, the the time versus benefit wasn't necessarily there. Um, I found an organization called National Association of Women Business Owners, or NABO, and they... They're an awesome organization, really uh, about women empowerment and making sure women are equally represented in the small business realm. And I have, I'm not as active in that group as I would like to be, but I'm, I like that group because of what they stand for. Um, they're not necessarily there to push their agenda on you. Oh, come, you know, take services from my business. They're there to say, we are women. Let's empower each other. Let's empower other young women to know that it's a safe space to get into business. Um, they're kind of, they're the leaders of women business owners. And I I need that group of women around me to say, we are great. And now let's make sure everyone else knows it. So they work a lot with the government um, to make sure, like I said, we're represented properly when it comes to certain bills that need to be passed and stuff like that. Um, So I do work with that group a little bit. I never really, it's not that I never thought I would get to this point, but I've gotten to this point within the last six months that I've actually had a lot of new entrepreneurs reach out to me for advice and for guidance, for mentorship. Yeah. And that's been 
humbling. It's been an honor. I know when I was starting in the business, I didn't know who to ask. And I, when I did find someone to ask, unfortunately, a lot of times they saw me as competition and they would tell me, no, I'm not going to talk to you. And I was like, oh, interesting. I was surprised with that. Um, so I, I, I don't ever want to be that person. Um, I'm here to definitely help. Um, so I have been able to do that. And then just in general, you know, I'm always doing my best to get out to the community um, as a small business to give back because that that was my goal from the get-go. I obviously need to make money, but if I can give back to those people who maybe aren't fortunate enough to be able to afford to come to my studio, that's fine. I'm going to go out to the community and let them come. We do free workouts all the time um, to really make sure that we're still living up to what we had intended from the get-go. Wow. So very interesting, just kind of your experience with um, with the broader entrepreneurial community. I think that's really cool how, um, you know, how you've gotten plugged in in some various areas. Um, and I think that's really important just to kind of see that, uh, you know, as somebody who wants to go do something big, whether it's starting your own business or a charity or, or anything like that, there's always, or very likely, there are different ways that you can plug in um, and become resources. And I think it's an I mean, it's an indication that you you are on the right path when other people are asking you about business ideas uh, or asking you to be on their podcast. I mean, that's uh, that's a pretty cool honor. Yeah, it is. Thanks for making me feel cool enough to be on a podcast. <laughs> oh, no, you are you're way, way over my head when it comes to uh, the coolness factor. So, OK, so I want to probably just end with uh, kind of more some personal things about you as a high achiever, business owner. I want to kind of focus uh, a little bit on on what do you, Allison, do to just stay sane and, and stay grounded as you're running your business and as you're seeking out new opportunities? What are some of those things that you do either from a development side or even just from a, a just a personal, I need to be able to stay sane perspective? What are those things that you do? So staying sane is really important. <laughs> it's funny that you ask such a question yeah. because it's so true. You can be sucked in and consumed in your business. And I think a lot of people, myself included at the beginning, have this mindset of like, if you're not in your business 24-7, are you really in it? Are, are you really, do you really care as much as you say you do? And I don't agree with that. I think that you should be able to run your business from halfway across the world and it's still a success. And so um, I've thankfully been able to do that. Um, so I've done my very best to make sure my business runs when I'm not here because one of the things that keeps me sane is being able to go on vacation, being able to travel um, on the side. I mean, it's still fitness, but on the side, I am a master trainer for several fitness equipment companies. So I travel around the United States training other trainers how to use pieces of equipment like the BOSU. Um, like, cool. Yeah. So I have the opportunity to go do that when I'm not at the studio and I have to have people cover the studio, right? So I do that to kind of keep myself sane. Like I said, I travel. Again, you have to not feel guilty about taking time off because I remember uh, one of the first kind of short vacations, it was like a three-day vacation. I went back to Nebraska, my family, and um, at that point, I still couldn't really afford to do it. So my mom bought my plane ticket home, which was so sweet of her. Uh, I felt like I was in college again. 
But, you know, I didn't want to tell my clients that I was technically going on vacation because I didn't want them to think like, oh, she's just traveling around or she doesn't care about us or she's making so much money she can travel. You know, like I was worried about what people would think about me. And what was so nice and what has been nice every single vacation since then is my clients are always telling me how much I deserve it. They're like, you deserve it. You work so hard. We, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just so nice, just one in general, to hear someone tell you that you work hard, um, that they notice it. But then when it's like, yes, please take a vacation. You need a vacation. And you're like, okay, thank you for the, per- like, you don't need permission. Yeah. But isn't it nice? So yeah, we, my husband and I like to travel. Um, we were able to get away for a week uh, on our honeymoon about a year and a half ago when we got married. And that was the second longest I've ever left my business. And you know what? It didn't burn down. It was great. Uh, <laughs> were you scared? Um, you know, no, not really because we'd left it so many times and because another thing I was very intentional about when starting my business was hiring a staff. Um, because there's no way I could have taught 35 classes a week and not hated it. And so, (laughs) you know, so those people who started with me from the get go, they're so loyal. They through the tough times of not having a lot of people in our classes, um, but they also then knew how to run the business like I did, and they cared as much as I did. So the first time um, I had to leave our business uh, for about four and a half, five days, expected leave um, due to some family stuff, and the studio ran, and this was like spur of the moment, have to leave, and the studio ran no problem because my staff is so great. So when I left for our honeymoon, I wasn't nervous. But at the same time, it's kind of like you're leaving your baby in someone else's hands. Right. You know. So, again, I wasn't nervous, but I was also checking my email daily, checking my text messages, making sure there was nothing that needed my attention. Um, And then for our one-year anniversary, my husband and I were able to go to Europe for 12 days. Almost right. two whole weeks. Yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. And so, you know what? Going back to that, like, this aha moment of, like, I've made it, um, that trip maybe was it because we were not only were we gone for 12 days, but I made money while I was gone. You know? I didn't that's, lose money. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's awesome. So, long story short, we love to travel. We love to get away. Um, we love to go hiking. Obviously, we're active people, so we love to go hiking or just spend the day outdoors exploring our city, playing with our dogs. Um, we're just, you know, I'm human, sitting on the couch and watching Netflix for like three hours. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. So that's kind of what we like to do to stay sane. And and the one thing, too, I will add to that to stay sane is that, again, that whole being in your business or, or whatever you are doing being in it 24-7 is the only way it's going to be successful. Again, you've got to get out of that mindset because I would go home. I would teach early morning classes. I'd be home from maybe like 12 p.m. till 4 p.m. when I had to come back to the studio. And I would sit there and I would kind of do nothing. I would watch TV and do nothing and just give myself a brain break. But I'd start feeling guilty about it. I'd be like, but I could be marketing. I could be emailing. I could be doing this. There's all these couldas, all these coulda shoulda. I struggle with that. Right. And you can't shit on yourself. My husband says all the time, you can't shit on yourself. Right? You just got to chill because 
it'll, you need to relax and you need time to refocus and to gather your thoughts. And if that's, if that's watching Netflix for four hours and not thinking about the business, you're going to be that much better off for it. So I still struggle with it too. I still struggle with feeling guilty. Yesterday was a day I sat on the couch for two hours watching Netflix and felt a little guilty about it. So I got up and I vacuumed the house and things were all better. (laughs) (laughs) A little cleaning. Right. Yeah. Exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I do to keep myself sane, but it's depends on the season. You know, you just gotta, you gotta be able to get away. Yeah, absolutely. Allison, I, I was struck by what you said right in the beginning, kind of of your answer there. And I wasn't expecting this at all. Uh, Literally, I think you could write a book about this when you talked about one of the ways that you stay sane is because you've built your business and, and invested in your staff to be able to run the business and be as passionate about the business as you are. I mean, I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of different companies. I talked to some different people in, in kind of that the wellness space. And it's amazing to me that what you're saying is so uh, remarkable in this day and age to be able to have a business where people can run it and just pick it up where you've left and they feel just as passionate about it as you are. That is just so cool. I, I love that point. Well, thank you. I mean, like I said, my stat is so important to me. From the point that I said earlier, I was underpaid and underutilized in my previous position and that had nothing to do with my supervisors because they really didn't have a lot of control over the money aspect, but they did appreciate me. And it was that appreciation from previous supervisors that made me love my job. And if you don't have employees that care like you do, you're going to run yourself into the ground. And that it blows my mind, though, that that is a hard concept for some people. But I also think that that is a hard concept for people who have a hard time letting go and delegate. And, and I get that. You are the only person that's going to do it right. That's just how it is. But if someone yep. can do it 98%, let them. Let them because it'll make you sane. <laughs> that that might have been the best words of wisdom of this podcast. So I love that. All right. So, Allison, uh, I've got one more question for you. Uh, and it's kind of my signature last question, kind of broad answer type thing. But before I do that, I want to make sure people can find you. Um, we don't have a lot of listeners in San Antonio, but we have a couple. And I just want to make sure they can find your gym in San Antonio, as well as uh, the website and any social media as well. So if do you want to, do you mind just sharing kind of where you guys are and, and how they can find you? Um, yes. I mean, I don't want anyone to find me, so no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> yes, you guys can find, if you're in San Antonio, uh, you can find us, uh, we're on Broadway street. If that means nothing to you and you just want to check out our website, our website is energy at fitness.com. Uh, all of our social media kind of follows suit with that. Instagram, same with Facebook, Energy X Fitness. Um, even if you're not in San Antonio, we love for you to follow us because we do have a lot of uh, resources that are just provided for anyone anywhere. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm not that exciting, but I'm just Allison Faith Fitness on Instagram. I'll sometimes post some good stuff. Um, and yeah, we hope to someday expand. So maybe even if you aren't in San Antonio, we'd love for you to keep up with us and, uh, see where we should expand to. That is exciting. Yeah. I follow you guys on Instagram and, uh, I've done a little bit of work on the website as well. And you guys post some awesome stuff. So highly recommend, uh, definitely go check out the, the social media feeds, the website. And are you guys still doing the first class free? 
Is that still a thing for you guys? Yeah, we do. So your first class at our studio is always free. Um, try before you buy. Again, I, I'm a terrible salesperson because I don't want you to spend your money if you don't like me. <laughs> so try us before you buy. Yeah, no, so you have, you have everything to gain and nothing to lose. Uh, next time I swing through San Antonio to see uh, our good friends Colin and Meg, you can absolutely bet I will be at your studio. Good. I can't wait to have you here. Although I think, so Colin warned me I have to choose probably a different instructor because he said that you will absolutely kick my tail. So. <laughs> There's a rumor that goes around that I'm the hardest instructor, but I tell them that if I wasn't, if I wasn't, then why would I own the place, right? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So as we close, kind of a big question, broad answer, take a swing. Allison, I'm just curious, what is one piece of advice or or a couple pieces of advice that you would give to someone who who wants to go do and try something big with their life, whether that's starting a business, uh, getting a degree, getting in shape, whatever that might be? What do you what would you tell them? Ooh, that is a big one. Um, I think that you need to worry about nothing else but yourself. You are the one that's going to make or break this endeavor you're going on and be confident. Don't let other people get in your way. If you've got a good thing going, ride on that. Ride on that, know that you know best and just do it. Just do it and don't look back. I love that. What a great way to end. That's a perfect wrap up even just of everything we've talked about in the past 50 minutes. So, um, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show and spending your time. You are a very busy business owner. I really do appreciate it. Guys, make sure to follow her on Instagram, on Facebook. Check out the website. Go take a class. Allison, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Guys, that was an absolutely awesome interview to be able to do and have the opportunity to speak with Allison, get her perspective and hear about how she took her ideas, her passion for fitness way back in college and how she used her opportunities to launch herself into her passion that eventually became her business. Let's be real. There's a lot of takeaways that you can walk away from this interview with from a personal aspect, from an entrepreneurial perspective, all sorts of different things that you can do. And so I want to close the episode just by asking you again, what is your your big thing? What is it that you are passionate about? And then I want to ask you the second question is, how could you prove to somebody your motivation? How could you prove to somebody how dedicated you are to your big thing? And the reason I asked that question is because remember when Allison had the idea to start her own fitness gym? One week she had her business plan. The next week she was talking to a real estate agent. You could see her motivation by how quickly and how dedicated she was to making her dream a reality. And I want to ask you that exact same question. How motivated are you to do your big thing? And what could you prove? What could you point to to show me how motivated you are? I found myself this summer talking a lot about how motivated I was to make my leadership class and build this podcast But when I sit back and actually think about what I've actually done to get to my big thing, to build my brand, to make the course, there's not a whole lot I could point to to show my motivation. And so I want to ask you, if you're serious about doing your big thing, whatever that is, what could you point to right now from the past week or the past month that shows what your motivation is? I highly encourage you, go find that. Figure out what it is that you can do to show your motivation and your dedication for turning your idea into action. Don't let anybody rain on your parade. Keep on going. Don't quit until your idea is moving forward and and build that momentum that Allison talked about. That's so important. 
Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I enjoyed recording it and talking with Allison. It was wonderful. Don't forget to check out her website again, energyxfitness.com. You can also follow EnergyX Fitness on Instagram and Facebook, at EnergyX Fitness. Uh, and also, you can follow Allison on Instagram as well, at Allison Faith Fitness. Make sure to check out those pages and give her a follow. And make sure to check out the gym if you're in San Antonio. You are not going to regret it, I guarantee you that. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Big Things Done. As always, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out the website, bigthingsdonepodcast.com, for any more information. Also, a reminder that I have a blog that I post all sorts of different personal development and leadership articles on as well. Check those out for your resources. We'll talk to you guys again soon. And until next time, keep doing big things. Big things.